summer arrived in Malta. Yes, completely. I cannot are, walk. Hmm? How are you coping with the uh, heat? Um, I have uh, an issue in my kitchen that when I rented the place, uh, the guy told me I can obviously install everything. Like mm. I can, I, I had to do everything, uh, doing all the kitchen, all the connections. And obviously I also had to do the AC. And then we started installing the AC and then the the landlord started constructing two more floors. So then he said, you cannot put the AC anymore. You have to wait. And I said, oh my God, I cannot wait. And he said, but uh, I said, uh, please help me because it's going to be so hot. You know how it's summer. And he said, uh, I said, please, at least make me a discount, you know, like how I'm going to work. And he said, no, there's no discount. If you don't pay me, I will close your shop. Straight. <laughs> yeah. So Straight then I, I was, um, I feel guilty because my workers are there, but we have two ACs and, and I'm, I'm seeing, you know, I told them if it's too much, I don't know, I prefer to close, which would be so bad, but I cannot, I don't know what to do. I am actually in a travel there. When I remember about that, I get stressed. Have and you, I, have okay. you thought about port portable ACs? Yes, we do have uh, portable ACs, but it's not uh at the enough. moment, at the moment, it's not enough. So I, I, I need to buy more. Yeah. Okay. And uh, when we talk about heat, how is it in Peru? Uh, I am from the mountains. So in my city, it's very cold in the shade and very, very warm in the sun. It's very weird. You're in the sun and you are burning and you are in the shade and you're you could be shaking if you stay long there. So, how, depends. How, and the altitude is? Do you know the altitude? Um, I'm so bad for numbers. I'm sorry. I don't know. I just know it's so high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to Google that. So, from yeah. the north of Peru. Is it, uh, um, is it warm throughout the entire entire year or you have like winter also or it's more like rainy season uh, we have rainy rice? season yes rainy season and then it's uh january till march or april and then we have uh that weather that is i told you cold and hot depending at at night it's so cold so wow mm -hmm. it's like similar i think in the sahara desert that people uh usually die not from the not from the heat but from the cold during the nights because it gets like to i think up to zero or below mm -hmm. yeah same so, so you know it's not what you would expect you know in sahara desert heat hot mm. you know but it's uh the other way around mm. okay um so Govinda, yes. uh, for the first thing, which for me, it's very interesting is your name and, um, how was it for you growing in Peru with this name? Was it was where people a bit like when you said their name, they looked at you and they were like, what's the background behind it? Because that is an unusual name. 
Yes, mm, definitely. I feel now that it shaped my life, like because people get interested about the name, and then I always end up talking about where it comes from, and it comes from my mother, who is Hare Krishna, and I was raising this. Uh, movement which I read the books since I was little thinking is the books that everybody reads <laughs> and then I realized uh, when, when I was 15, 16 you know um, I just started realizing about the war but yes I feel like uh, my name has a uh, shape which direction also takes people uh, to speak with me or ask me things yeah do you, do you know what it means? I knew that uh, is the name of Krishna when he was a uh, uh, how do you call uh, cowherd like he's with the cows and he's going around and actually I also read about it and it says that go means the Vedas so the knowledge it also could mean cow and Binda means like uh, the one who takes care or the ones who is finding. Uh, so it could be somebody who is finding the cows or somebody who is finding the Vedas, the knowledge. Yes. How did your mother discover it? Um, actually, she used to wear very, I would say, hippie clothes. Mm. And people, once she was in a hotel in Cusco, uh, and a person asked her, are you a Hare Krishna? And my mom said, what? Am I a what? And she was... She says, but you look like one. You should go to the temple. Uh, a guru has arrived. You should go uh, meet him. And my mom was so curious. So she went. And actually, what that was the meeting that changed her life because she met her guru. And she converted from uh, eating meat to vegetarian in one night because she, had, she was in a period of her life where she was suffering lots and... Uh, it's like the thing that changed her life and made her understand why she was suffering. And, you know, it was a very nice uh, story. She, she got, uh, I assume, some answers to those deep questions she had. Yes. About the soul, the body, why we suffer, what, what is our purpose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, for me, like Bhagavad Gita and... Uh, the Vedas in general uh, answered most of the questions, mm -hmm. which, which uh, for for me personally, those questions arise. For other people, they usually tend to say, "Do not dig, you know, so deep, or or it's not, you know, like float on the surface." But they kind of always was curious, you know, like this major questions that the meaning of life or why for example good people as you said suffer and bad people do not suffer or so mm. and when you get some of those answers it, it you kind of can a little bit frame your your mind <laughs> and yes. try, try try to 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 i would say reconnect with your soul because you really forget about it and you truly believe that you are this body you know this physical body and mm -hmm. uh, and of course then uh, mm -hmm. after when you go into this type of um, literature you meet certain people and then of course you discover yoga pranayama and uh, 
on the philosophy. And it starts taking you a bit further than that. I am, I am this body. I really like the analogy. I don't know if you heard this, um, this guru Muji. Mm -hmm, Yes. Uh, I watched one of his videos and, um, uh, I, I think at the end of his satsang, he has like questions and answers kind of, and people approach with, and one person, one person was particularly speaking like my body, my mind, my, 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 and, and he stopped him and said, you say my body, you say my mind, but my is, is a possession. So to who it belongs. And and it's, it's such an incredible how we even hide it in our language. Mm-hmm. It's like then to who it belongs, to who belongs this body, this mind. So it's uh, it's truly extraordinary. Uh, do you yeah. do you meditate? Or because I know that you are a, a yoga teacher, uh, but do you do other? types of meditation or practices? Um, to be honest, I am not a meditator, but I know I need to, to do meditation. And I learned to do meditation through movement um, because for me, uh, still it's very hard to be able to sit down and meditate. I have improved so much, I tell you, but I have very monkey mind. And um, that's why I started doing yoga because I... I needed something to change my mind. I was struggling so much with my mind and I, said, I really oh my like God. it. I really like it. Monkey mind. I never heard it before. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I, I really said one day, I said, Govinda, you know, you need to do something for your mind. Something is happening. And yoga uh, <laughs> made the, the change for me. It was gradually. But it really helped me to understand, and it's that moment when you arrive to peace and there's no thoughts, especially in Shavasana. Mm-hmm. And then I say, okay, this is it. So always coming back to the source. I always uh, end up coming back to what uh, the teachings of my mom or you know my name. So I think I feel everything brings me back there, and I'm so grateful for that um, because it's very easy to get confused, you know, in this world. Uh, um yeah maya get get lost in maya the illusion the illusion did your mother pushed you to this philosophy or you were naturally interested i felt my mom teach me by example because she was always she's very devotional very naturally she can go to a church of Jesus Christ, she enters and she prays with all her heart. And I looked at her, you know, and, and then I see she sees the Hare Krishnas and she's dancing. So, and she puts music at home. So it was nothing like, Govinda, you have to do this, do this. No, it was more uh, natural. And then she had books. Mm-hmm. And then I started reading all her books. And I was, oh, wow, such beautiful stories you can read in the Bhagavad Gita, the Srimad Bhagavatam. I haven't read it all yet, but I was uh, very sweet stories of how beautiful is devotion, for example, from Lord Chaitanya, no? that mm-hmm. he came to teach us how, how to have devotion for God, how to serve. Mm-hmm. I was, how did the rest of the family, did they accept her? 
or, or yeah. what was a bit of kind of like what's wrong with her in a way oh, it was actually very sad because my mom was born in a family that was completely opposite and uh, my city also see the Hare Krishnas as crazy people and uh, being vegetarian in a world where you just it's lots of meat you know uh, for my mom they were say she's a crazy woman that she needs to go to psychologist and uh, that she wakes up at 4 a.m to pray and all these things that for her it was a way of changing her life and i think people should respect you know how you choose to be mm -hmm. freedom freedom of religion yeah as they say um okay so you, you were born in Peru, you grew up in Peru. Yeah. And uh, when did you leave Peru? And what was the reason you decided? Well, I have lived, lived. I have lived uh, in Latin America a little bit in Colombia. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to charter a little bit uh, Latin America, like Ecuador, Chile. I always was curious, you know, about traveling, going abroad, but I always wanted to go to England. I don't know why. I think I know why now. <laughs> but I was so in love with England. And uh, I just wanted to get out of my country because I knew there is so much, you know, there's people who likes and they stay. You know, for me, I always wanted to see the world. I like to see culture. I like, uh, especially I went to the temple in London and I was very happy to find again. Yeah. So England was was uh, the the first European country. Yes. Okay. Was was there a big cultural shock for you? I I really enjoy when I see everything organized, clean, and uh, just different world. You know, I am from a little town in uh, Peru. Um, we have three volcanoes, and life is. Uh, very simple now it has changed also the city is bigger now with malls and all of that but I think I was just curious uh, to see how people around the world lives and I like order uh, mm -hmm. I really appreciate that yeah are those volcanoes active by the way hmm? are those volcanoes you you use ah. your villages around are they active or no no no? no, but sometimes you would see like his. <laughs> How do you oh, say? Uh... But uh, I think I only saw it once. Mm -hmm. I had an experience in Guatemala. We mm. we spent uh, a night uh, almost at the top of one volcano, which is kind of sleeping, and mm -hmm. in front of it was Fuego one of the most active volcanoes in Guatemala. Wow. And he was spitting lava like every 10, 15 minutes. It was incredible. You're sleeping and the whole, oh my God. And the whole ground is, is shaking. It's always oh, wow. incredible. In Guatemala in general, they have, I don't remember, 37, close to 40 volcanoes in total. Wow, it's, it's... probably we have more around, but you can only see three. <laughs> yes. Incredible. Um, and w so England, how how much time 
did you spend in England? Uh, I have spent there maybe yeah, eight months and then I went to India after that. India, yes. lovely. Where, yes. where, where, where in India? Um, first I went to Goa because I wanted to do my teacher training. I decided I wanted to be a yoga teacher and uh, Goa was the first place. But obviously I also visited the places that I always wanted to visit, like uh, Brindavan, where Krishna was born. And also Mayapur, that is a uh, big community there. Uh, but I've also been to Kerala. And every time I think of traveling, I just say, oh my God, I need to go to India because it's it's a place I always want to go, you know. I really like... Uh... Obviously, my name is from there and everything, you know, so everything always takes me to that, to the philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the decision to become a yoga teacher, did it come before like in england or you already were thinking about it in peru uh, and how did you you met someone or just an idea came to your mind what was the background um i remember the first time i saw somebody doing yoga maybe i was 16 actually very late and i saw the person doing yoga and i was like oh my god that's so difficult I would never do that. That's what I thought. And I keep walking like, you know. And then uh, when I was uh, in Arequipa, I, one of my friends became a very good yoga teacher and he invited me to his classes. And then I started liking it more, but still I would not commit to it. And then when I was in England, I was actually having a, I would say it was like a very shaking time, you know, because you move from country and you are, it was just different. And I was having a very hard time. And I said, I need to do something. And I started doing yoga in a very nice yoga studio. And I felt so inspired by the teacher because I said, wow, this woman has really changed my life. Like, and every time I see her, it's like, oh, you know, I think it's like you, you appreciate when the teacher really gives you the teaching of breathing, how to relax your body. And, you know, I received so many benefits. Then I say, oh, my God, I really want to be a yoga teacher because I want to to share this with uh, people. Mm-hmm. So you also got introduced to pranayama. Yes. Finally, in a... Uh practical way you know because I have heard about it but I never actually practice it uh, yeah and you know the power of pranayama <laughs> it's amazing yes it's... for me it's uh, it's incredible yoga itself is incredible I mm-hmm. I try to do every morning sun salutations just to wake up the Very body good. and uh, and after that, I do some uh, pranayama breathings, and it really, Beautiful. I feel like, I really feel like it starts the engine. You know, it's like slowly, mm-hmm. slow. and then you feel the whole day is 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 completely different because even sun salutations, downward dog, uh, upper dog, and and those little bends, although they are simple, but they really like kind of stretch you up, and you mm-hmm. really feel that boosts you. Yes. So, um, how, how were the trainings in India? 
the classes where they're different mm. from what you have experienced in 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 uh, England. Yes. Um, well, first I went to Goa, and then you are one month in uh, very. It was very nice, actually, place uh, in front of the beach, mm. and uh, I I really enjoyed it because. It was like a sadhana, you know, like a practice. You have to wake up early in the morning, maybe 5 a.m. And then you have the teacher who comes and teach you mantra, uh, pranayama. Then you have the practice. Uh, then you have amazing food, uh, everything vegetarian, vegan. Uh, then you have to study. Um, you, they have very nice manual. I have recommended actually this place is very nice uh, experience. And it's one month, so you really feel the change, you know, from the day that you start and then one week, two weeks, you start seeing the change in the body first and then in the mind. Because to be honest, I, I am not an early morning person. <laughs> and I'm still struggling with that. Um, but uh, I've realized that with practice, I was really enjoying my mornings there. I was like, wow, I should wake up early. <laughs> and then you go, go to bed yeah. also earlier because you're naturally exactly. tired yes um what did you like or not what you like but how was your impression about Vrindavan? oh wow it was uh, very at the beginning i arrived and i think you have uh, lots of expectations but then i felt also at the beginning i was disconnected um, and then we arrived to the house of a friend and he's in so much devotion. He's just singing all the time. He has this amazing energy and I was with my mother. And when I met him, I felt the energy of Rindama for the first time. I was like, oh, okay, this is Rindama because, because of the devotion of that person mm. um, and how he's so excited about explaining. Uh, he would take us around uh, sacred places and I mean, you would love to meet him. He really uh, awakens the devotion in in other people when you meet. Uh, by the way, he speaks and how he's singing, and that really, I was like, oh, so beautiful. Every time I remember Vrindavan, I remember yeah about this. Uh, I got uh, because I didn't know the rules. I got uh -huh. robbed by monkeys twice oh. in, in Vrindavan. <laughs> Yes, it happens to us too. We were walking with bananas like this. And my mom got all her, sorry, broken by monkeys, but two women saved us with sticks. Yeah, for yeah. the most uh, biz bizarre um, scene I saw was a, a man with kind of a, a cart, you know, like... A, a, and well, like a trolley, a wooden trolley, mm -hmm. in the middle of the field, like you would see in the middle of the nowhere. I don't know how many monkeys around, and he was selling bananas to them. <laughs> no, to, no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they exchange things <laughs> to, to the monkey. He was selling. It's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> uh... Well, monkeys definitely take a lot of things, so they can exchange. Exactly. They can exchange. But he was just to pilgrims, because we were around this um, Goradhan mountain. What is this? 
It's like a sacred place. There is a mountain not not far away from Vind Vrindavan where you kind of walk around. There are a lot of pilgrims walking Covered around them. it. Yes. Covered them. Yeah. So I saw it there and for me it was like incredible because we were doing Um, wow. a pilgrimage and uh, it was so interesting to see to see how even how people uh, commit to this uh, pilgrimage like some they walk but some they lay on the ground they chant mantra and then they stand where was their uh, fingers and then they walk like a worm you know they go like whoop and then whoop and then uh, i don't know how, how long it takes because it's around like 20 kilometers Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I also saw that and I was like, wow, imagine. Mm it's something i saw some with their like hmm wives or, or friends next to them <laughs> helping just standing next to them and they're Oh. doing and they slowly slowly so as you said Vrindavan it's it's like Varanasi uh, also it's like people I think people can kind of open the door to that place you know because besides that you might see dirt you might see um, uh, animals everywhere uh, you might think where is this I don't see this uh, let's say spirituality Mm. Mm. at all yeah that's when i when i arrived I, I i felt disconnected still and when i saw this person then i realized mm -hmm. That's the reason they say it's important to meet a real uh, devotee, you know, somebody who is um, into it so it can inspire you. Have you have you heard about Radhanath Swami? Yes, I, For I haven't met him, but yeah, I have heard. me neither. I have I haven't met him. I would love to, but Mm-hmm. for me, just listening to him is something incredible. How he he not only tells you a story, but he provides an example to that story that you could. connected and and the way you could really feel that he has found his his calling Mm -hmm. and his book is is he he written several ones but the the one called uh, the journey home Mm -hmm. when he traveled from back in the 70s from Yeah. greece to india it, it's something really really unbelievable I haven't read it. I need to read it. If you are, I I recommend it. I I think you will like it. And it's Mm-hmm. and then how he met different gurus. He lived in the uh, in the Himalayas, Yeah. Mm-hmm. and then how he met Prabhupada and uh, Mm-hmm. and ended up in uh, Vrindavan. And Mm uh, -hmm. <laughs> wow. it's it's really incredible journey. How as you said. Uh, you at that time you didn't think but you went to England on purpose you know there's always a purpose there is always this flow where life takes us but we in my opinion we tend to resist this flow you know we try to kind of 
and perhaps that's why uh, difficulties arise or, or some things come much later just because we were resisting Yes. Right. <laughs> England, Peru, England, well, Peru, South America, um, England, India. When Malta come to the picture? When? Well, I met my husband in London. Mm -hmm. Then we went to India and then... Um, he had a job here, so we came because of that. And he said to me, let's go to Malta. And I said, okay, where is Malta? Hmm. And he said, I will show you. And and we're still here. Uh, we've been here eight years. Actually, this is going to be nine. Mm -hmm. And even when the, we try, we tried to leave, but we can't. <laughs> we're still here. Eight years. Wow. Yeah. And how was... Uh... Um, Malta for you when you arrived how did you I, I love it I mean I love the sea that you can wake up every day and every day you have wherever you see you have sea mm -hmm. um, so I made so many friends here with yoga interesting all the people I know is through yoga which is very nice uh, something that it wasn't easy in London because London is very fast city, so I felt very lonely there. And here mm -hmm. in Malta, it's like I have a big family, and I think that's why we feel so comfortable staying here in Malta because we have a family. Yeah. So this is your home now. Yes. Um, okay, so you are a certified yoga instructor. You arrive yeah. with your husband to, to Malta. And uh, when a, having a yoga studio comes to your mind, what what's uh, the inspiration behind it? I, I wanted to go to a place where, you know, a yoga studio has a atmosphere. Like you enter, you take off your shoes, there's this incense smell, there is nice music, it's relaxing. I felt that uh, in London, uh, this studio gave me that space, like to heal, to understand, to connect with myself. And uh, I felt like in Malta, I would go to do yoga, but still I would, I was going to a gym where they do yoga. So it would be the boom, 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 this music behind. <laughs> so I was like, okay, <laughs> not bad, but. I always had this dream, you know, I really want a, a yoga studio and I would imagine it all the time. And I was telling my husband all the time, I really want to have a yoga studio. And then he found this property and he said, okay, I will buy this property as an investment and you can do the studio. And I was so happy and that's how it all came. And we we bring that vibe, you know, with the incense, with the music, everything through senses and I wanted to give people a space where they can relax and I was very happy when people would uh, ask me can I stay can I sit here because I am I feel relaxed and that would that would be for me oh I was so happy you know to to see to really see that people was taking the studio like that 
they felt like at home. Yeah, it was like a temple. It was very beautiful. That is that is uh, amazing what you achieved. I think it's a really nice Thank compliment you. when people just want to stay at a place. Yes, that makes me very happy. Uh, so your husband was supportive, and I, I, I guess he's supportive yes. with your ideas, with your yes. monkey mind. <laughs> yes, he's very supportive. Uh, actually, he's the one who bring me back to yoga because when I was in London, not knowing what to do, he told me, "Why? What do you like?" And I said, "I don't know what I like." And he said, but you do that, you do yoga. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then I started practice, practicing as asana postures to start uh, somewhere, you know? <laughs> well, you have to yeah. start somewhere. Yeah. What was the most challenging aspect of running a yoga studio? Um, I really enjoy teaching yoga. And I thought that I was going to be in the studio just teaching, you know? or uh, are not so taking classes, obviously, but uh, I was also the manager. Um, actually, I had to do all the, all the jobs, like, you know, all the behind, because I didn't have more people to, to do all the invoices, all the organization, even the customer service. So I never had such a big business before. And then from one day to another, I have to be all the time in my computer. Uh, and that was uh, stressful because I am very, I still need to learn how to separate my, you know, time for myself and work. Because I feel it like I'm always thinking, okay, what I'm going to do? And, and then I don't know how to relax. So for me, that was like, oh my God, I do yoga. I am a yoga teacher. And I cannot, uh, I could not relax anymore because I was always had to be in computer. Uh -huh. Yeah, that uh, was. How did you um, then, what did you do to make the split to, be, be, between your, let's say, time for yourself and, uh, and did you make the split or <laughs> it's still like that actually? To be honest, I'm still learning. Uh, but uh, it happened because I actually left to London and I gave uh, the managing job to one of the teachers and she told me, oh my God, this, this is too much. But uh, I understand that when you have a business like that, you need to learn also to delegate, you know, mm -hmm. and also for me, it was a process to learn how to tell people to help. But uh, I didn't also didn't have uh, more budget because actually it all happened that we opened in 2019, in October, and then we had uh, COVID in March. So that was actually, everything went down. And uh, then when I reopened, uh, I invested again all the money and uh, until I ended up with zero in, uh, euros in my account. That was also very strong part in my life because um, I felt like I failed, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but then I realized that it was not about, um, how do you say, because you want a business to succeed, right? 
and a business to pay its own bills and everything. But I realized that the the service was more the people that changed in that period of time. Like I met amazing people and I still see people that talks very nice about the studio. So I think it was more on a spiritual level. And that brings me back to the Bhagavad Gita. My mother uh, has a quote that says, um, uh, I think it's something like fight to fight, not for the result. And uh, it doesn't matter if you win or you lose. Uh, the most important is that you are doing your duty. Mm. So when I have to remind myself about that, you know, because sometimes I feel, oh, it was such a failure. Mm. Uh, but, but at it the wasn't. same, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, uh, I like this. It's not my thought. Just one, the, one of the authors I'm reading now, and he also says that there are no pleasant or unpleasant situations. Mm. There are only situations. And let's say those situations which you think are unpleasant mm -hmm. are actually actually there for you to move forward and learn mm -hmm. so i think in your case uh, it also happens similarly it's not a failure it's just you learn so much uh, and just let's say the circumstances and uh, mm -hmm. so it's just life yeah yeah so i think you you are a success you're just Thank you. A success just because you managed to create um, a space where people used to come and they want to stay. I think it's it's an incredible success because usually people rush in and rush out, if you know what I mean, mm -hmm. uh, with fast. But if when you create this tranquil space, you know, I really like the Buddha, you had the Buddha head. Yeah. Ah, I you've think. been to the studio, right? I've been to the. Yes, oh. I've been when uh, when you just opened. When was the open days? When you could just try ah, one amazing. of your things. Uh, so really liked. Uh, oh, I, also... I think I remember you actually. With uh, you were with your wife. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and I really like the design. It's uh, was mm -hmm. really well. Uh, uh, the space was well thought, um, the colors, the plants, as I, as, as I mentioned, the Buddha. Uh, I really like even now in your in your place, uh, in the kitchen, I, I really like the Ganesha statue. Thank you. It's Ganesha, right? If yeah. I recall, right? It's, it's amazing. Those All the big... wall drivers come to touch. And they do like this, and I'm like, oh, because uh, you know we have all the drivers from Walt and Bolt, and they yeah. ask me, why is this place called Govinda? Why is Ganesh there? They ask me. Most yeah. of them are from uh, India or Pakistan or Nepal or or. Yes. So it's, yeah, for them I guess it's. I always wonder how they perceive perceive us, you know, like uh, because we're kind mm -hmm. of touching their their spiritual path we are discovering mm. ourselves in kind of in in their spiritual path which they saw since they age, since they were born it was mm -hmm. always interesting you know how to because i never i discovered it 
late in my late twenties, I would say. Mm -hmm. Not not before I didn't care much. I was just more into, let's say, other things life had to offer me. Ah, and and where did you learn about all this philosophy in your city? From my wife. Ah, beautiful. She was the one who brought me to, because she was already a vegetarian mm -hmm. when we met. And after some time, she was the first to stop drinking alcohol. And after some time, I thought I will give it a try. So I stopped eating meat, stopped drinking, and then... And then at the same time, she showed me some, I think actually it was Ratanath Swami and oh. some of the lectures and wow. then Bhagavad Gita. And then we found uh, the community in Lithuania. I am, I am from Lithuania, my wife mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. We found a community there and we went and, and the first time I ate uh, lunch there was in a temple. Delicious. <laughs> It's, I never, yeah. it's amazing. It's, it, it's so simple when you look at it, what's there on your plate, <laughs> but at the same time, it's so good. Yes. The flavor of it, because it's offered with a lot. Prasad. Prasad Prasadam yeah. or Prasad. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, well, this is how, how, how it or all enrolled and uh, even now more and more information comes i believe if you're open if you're asking information mm -hmm. comes it's just sometimes you're not ready to decipher it or you do not you don't notice it to live consciously is difficult if you if you mm -hmm. understand what i mean like to 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 perceive life consciously and like what is happening and why certain people come to my life why why certain people leave my life because it also mm -hmm. happens you know like old friends they leave and uh it's uh it's very life is is very interesting and beautiful mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. and then now you open govinda plan based kitchen and when the transition in your mind happened or or started to happen like we had the other raw studio and then mm. when things started to sh to switch when you thought okay kind of yoga exercise but i rather go for for food well it started actually uh, because of my own health I was uh, I was born vegetarian, but I was not um, eating like the right amounts of things. And then I started reading about nutrition, and also was difficult for me when I go to a restaurant in Malta. When I arrived eight years ago, like um, the only option was uh, lettuce with tomato for me, or or French fries. And I would just eat it, you know, because I was very ignorant about nutrition. I would just eat what there is. And then I started uh, 
uh, feeling very ill, like I had anemia. And I realized I need to do some change in my diet. And I started to cook. I didn't know how to cook. Then I started cooking. I went to cooking courses. I realized I actually like to cook because it's it's a beautiful process. Um, and I always had it in the back of my mind. I how beautiful would it be to have a restaurant in Malta where I do this, 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 always dreaming <laughs> since I arrived. But I I was so scared of of doing it because I don't know anything about catering. Well, now I learn a little bit. Um, and after I closed the studio again, I felt like, oh my God, again, what do I do with my life? Um, I think I always like to find some challenge. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I wanted to open the I started to figure out what do I need to do? How do you open a kitchen in Malta? Where do I buy the kitchen? I always, obviously, I wanted it to be vegan because I transitioned from vegetarian to vegan five years ago here after doing a yoga retreat. Mm -hmm. The the teacher was vegan and he says, Govinda, you should be vegan. And I was like, no, I cannot stop eating pizza. (laughs) But then I was vegan for one month with him. And then I said, oh, yeah, it's possible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So funny. Uh, and then I opened. Uh, we just opened 10 of April, actually, after one year of works. But finally. Okay. And then you opened. Yes. Why, in your opinion people need such places as Govinda? I think I want people to uh, realize that you can eat delicious food that is full of vegetables, fruits, and that it can be delicious. Also, I, I want to show people that you can eat food that doesn't need to be highly processed. It can be very simple, you know, like these Buddha bowls that you put rice, lentils, cabbage, and then with a dressing on top. So it's very simple actually, but it can be delicious because we are not being so aware of how uh, food impacts our health. And I, actually all the illnesses of, of, of the world are, come for what we are eating, highly processed diets. And uh, also because I want to help animals, I want to to help the planet in some way, you know, a little. We we really need that. So that that was like... A little contribution. Yes, a little contribution. And uh, there's no Govinda in Malta because Govinda is everywhere in the world. (laughs) Not everywhere, but uh, there are so many places, uh, vegetarian places around. So I said, okay, let's open. Govinda. I was going to call it Raw, like my studio, but then I, my husband convinced me to call it my name. It, he, he did good. Yes. <laughs> he did good. It's, uh, it really suits, suits um, the philosophy behind it. And it also works with the... Uh, as you said, with Hare Krishna and uh, yes. kind of, 
it feels like all your life came to this to this Govinda place, you know, when you kind Oh, of sum up, yes. which is uh, very beautiful. And also, isn't, Thank you. isn't it that such places challenge the norms and especially the traditions, the way we eat? Because if you think about when the Hare Krishna movement started with Prabhupada in uh, USA and uh, Europe, at that time it was uh, not to eat meat, just few did it and those who did it most probably had did it due to some health reasons, <laughs> not because they wanted it, but, but because they were forced. So... Of course, we moved quite a long time, long way from it, but I think still it's, um, and I, I hope it's not a, a fashion thing, not, uh, I hope it's not a trendy thing, if you understand what I mean, that now it's like people are more into vegetarian, more into vegan, but then five years will pass and, and, uh, and uh, we will be back to the traditional cuisine. Which, Yeah, I actually find, sorry to interrupt you, please. I, I find it uh, challenging um, because actually I realized that I don't sell as much as I need for being able to, to cover all the expenses and obviously uh, slowly, slowly I will grow, but also there is more market for people who is used to the normal dishes, you know, that have meat. And actually, my friend, well, I don't know who told me, Govinda, you should sell meat if you want to, to make money. <laughs> and when I hear that, I was like, you know, if I have to sell meat to make money, then I shoot myself because I, I don't know, it, it makes me so, I don't know if angry or something, but it was like, I really, we need to change the way of thinking that we need to sell, you know, victims. to make money, in order to make money, no. Well, obviously, you could look into the let's say these um, uh, when they make it uh, from tofu or from beans, you know, it looks like minced meat or like hamburgers. Obviously, nowadays you have you have a choice, but Yes. it is possible. It is possible. It is. I think the most common uh, idea about it is that we're so we're so used to it to. To have meat or even fish in our diet and uh, that um, it's just we consider that by not eating it we're gonna not get all the vitamins nutritions and we're just it it's it requires studying it requires gathering information because you need to kind of uh, get those high uh, as I said, vitamins and other type of source for your body from other plants, fruit, and uh, other Mm -hmm. type of food. But it is possible. Yes. It is possible. Yes. But, but we actually need to eat lots of greens. I realized when I studied nutrition, I was not eating, but I had to eat. So then that's also the inspiration for the menu. Lots of greens, the Mm -hmm. right amount of carbs, you know, uh, protein. Yeah. Uh, what have you learned about yourself from running 
a yoga studio, and now a plant-based kitchen. Ooh. <laughs> well, I'm still learning the part that I need to learn how to separate both, like to <laughs> have time for myself and time for work. Um, I'm also very grateful for this journey because I can choose to work on businesses that I am passionate about. And um, this is something that I always have to remind myself, especially after I feel a failure. <laughs> then I say, go in the camera. Remember. Another, another one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, as, as the famous, uh, I think Thomas Edison, who invented the light bulb, mm -hmm. I don't know how many times he failed, and uh, but he succeeded once, and that was. Mm. I really like the comparison with climbing, um, you know, like when you climb indoor or outdoor, but uh, for example, indoor you have this separate type of roots which differs in difficulty but mm -hmm. you choose the route and you climb it five times you cannot climb it ten times you cannot climb it you know it's like beating you properly mm. but then it's enough to climb it once and you're like okay so i think it's 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 a journey and uh these are not failures you, you just with each attempt you learn something yes it's just a matter how you see things mm -hmm. and that is also very important yeah and i think as long as we stick to our values and you know as what we feel that is right to do then you're following the right path the best advice you have received from anyone or you heard or mm. my mother always tells me um, that anything I do that I should not, uh, I think I already said it, not to stick or not to wait for the result of it. If you win or you lose, just do your duty. Enjoy the journey. Yeah. Govinda, <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you, Manda. I really enjoyed it. It was very interesting too to hear your journey to Thank talk you so with much. you.